0: This week we have a special flashback Gals Guide podcast episode for you. We're gonna go back in the time machine to season three. For season three, it was Rebel Month, but we're gonna go back and talk about Coretta Scott King because today is Martin Luther King Day and we wanted to remember the movement, the man, and the woman behind this wonderful celebration of Martin Luther King Remembrance Day. Enjoy this episode. And yeah, we're pretty drunk while we do this one. Enjoy. Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that...
1: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Wait. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. I am Leah and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Pamela. And we are talking about our one cool rebel gal, Barney. Bar- Barney? Barney. <laughs> Congrats, you have a new name. Uh, Bonnie, I believe, is how it's pronounced. <laughs>
2: what's her name?
0: Barney. <laughs> yes that's right and then the what's her name that's right we were drinking a lot that episode when katie straight up forgot who bonnie was <laughs> <laughs> this is true but let's see bonnie already talked about uh Jean. no no chowjin Jean. right we don't know <laughs> and uh pamela talked about the women's battalion of death See, that one i pronounce right because i'm so excited <laughs> but before we dive back in let's get to know something random about our gal pals. so my rando question for you is what is your favorite protest song because i love me a good protest song like any day of the week like tuesdays you know protest song
2: <laughs>
0: thursday protest song <laughs>
2: Gosh, don't you guys automatically think about all the music that came out during the Vietnam War? Right. There's that. Those are some classic hits. I mean, I know it's much broader. Um, I would have to say mine is Fortunate Son.
0: Oh, there you go. By
2: Creedence. Clearwater Revival, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, makes me think of Forrest Gump because, yeah... (laughs)
2: Well, All just of them they, are on Forrest Gump.
0: Are, yeah, exactly. It was just, it was an epic All scene right in, there, yeah. in Forrest Gump. And I'm like going, I had memories of this song pre Forrest Gump. And yet now you know. <laughs> Forrest Gump has invaded uh, that particular memory, mm-hmm. but that is a good song. It's just though. one of
2: those songs that the rhythm and the tune just automatically pulls me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been used in so many movies. And did you, oh, I was so pissed. Did you see the video of Trump using it at one of his rallies? Really, I was like, "Do Proportion you even song. understand what this song
0: is saying?" Do you remember when Reagan used "Born to Run," which was also a protest <laughs> song against yeah. Vietnam? I'm like, "You don't know what this song is!"
1: <laughs> right, and that was that was my choice was Teens "Born in the USA," and yeah, it's yes. like, you did not listen to the words. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> he was complaining, what was it, Rolling Stones, I think it was, yeah. uh, didn't want him to use the music at the protests. And he <laughs> replied that that's very un American. It's like,
0: they're not American. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: <laughs> they're kind of the Marie Curie in this situation where everybody thinks Marie Curie is American. She's not. Uh, yeah. You know what I thought was weird about that is the Rolling Stones generally say yes to any kind of money. I mean, any kind. <laughs> And they said no to that, and I'm like, oh, they have a standard. Yes, hello, can you go? I know, right? <laughs> that was the line, we found it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, Pamela, was yours born in the USA?
1: Absolutely,
0: it's a great song. It's a great song. I love that song. <laughs> Fantastic. Bonnie, do you have one?
1: I do, and I just realized I did not write. Or write down her name. Sorry, Google <gasps> it like real quick. Right, exactly. Uh, so... I found it during the Women's March. Mm-hmm. Really, I found it because I found it was the Church of Stonewall is the people performing it. They oh, like did a, a flash choir? mob okay. in like Sweden, I think. Oh, they did a flash mob of "I Can't Keep Quiet." I'm trying to remember. Oh. It's, it's like. Is it Halsey? It's oh, okay. M-I-L-C-K okay, gotcha. It's the lady's name and like her version is very different from the Church Stonewall one because uh, they're all wearing like the pink hats and they've taken over like a train station like lobby. Nice. And it's really good. I also wrote down, it's not really a song. Um, I'm not real familiar with her but I was very familiar with um, at the Women's March the H- Halesley? Is that Halsey Is that her name? Maybe. She had a really good, like, um, I'm not even sure if poems the right word. Slam poetry? So, it was something. Okay, gotcha. Um, um, about, it is, this is about like abuse, really. Oh, I remember the one In you're the, talking um, about.
0: That was powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I do remember that. I will, Um, I'll also put all of the glorious music videos uh, <laughs> to our yes. songs and that in the show notes (laughs) this is when show notes work really really well when we're talking about Mm -hmm. either like you know music or movie clips or something like that it's kind of like this is what we're talking about just in case (laughs) uh you haven't seen it but yes no that is very true i like that one um mine is uh the revolution will not be televised by gil scott heron Mm -hmm. i actually i wrote a quick article about that song on the gals guide blog because I'm so obsessed with that song. (laughs) Um, It's a great song. It is very much spoken poetry, really, to a backbeat. Um, And it was published in uh, 1971. So it was very much about the civil rights era um, and about the revolution will not be televised. You cannot watch it on, and it talks about all advertising and the media and how it's important to get out there and do the revolution, not just watch the revolution and i kind of freaked out when it was in the trailer for black panther because not many people knew a song (laughs) and so when i heard it in black panther i'm like people are gonna know this song and then it was barely in the movie but that's okay because it was in the trailer and i was really excited so i wrote an article but my gal it kind of ties in because it actually has a lot to do with civil rights because weirdly, somehow, because we taped this early, it feels weird. Um, So we're taping this early, but this episode is releasing on January 18th, 2021, you know, if we make it that far, Uh, but it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. (laughs) So it ties into civil rights. And I thought I would start with this loaded question for y'all. Has anybody ever thought about why Martin Luther King Jr. has a national holiday? Because, I mean, the post office isn't closed for, like, Betsy Ross or Susan B. or Elvis or anything. (laughs) Has anybody given given it a ponder of why? Because there's only, like, it's like George Washington had one for a while. It's very few people actually get a national, uh, federal holiday where you don't have to go to work with uh, some companies. Or at least you get, you know, paid time off sort
2: of thing. Um, Is it because somebody passionate fought for the day to happen? You know right where I'm heading. Good job, Katie. Gold star (laughs) on your
0: forehead. Yes, it's because of my gal, Coretta Scott King. (laughs) Uh, She fought for 15 years for the campaign to get uh, a national federal holiday to honor uh, Martin Luther King Jr. So uh, today I'm going to tell you about Coretta because she was not just a sideline participant. And I think a lot of people don't know how active she was um, and also how educated she was. She was very much an active rebel for peace. And she's not always seen in the media necessarily in that way. Um, She was involved with civil rights before she met Martin. She was there at the marches (laughs) holding Martin's hand <laughs> through most of them. She also continued the fight uh, for freedom past his death as well. Um, so a little kind of overview on Kareta, cause she had a very, um, uh, a very long life and also a very active life. She was one of the most influential leaders of her time. Um, she embraced nonviolent practice. She learned that from the close friends of Mahatma Gandhi. Like I'm just saying, (laughs) like he Mahatma Gandhi at that point was no longer with us and she learned from the close comrades um, of him. Coretta was also in the media mostly for her civil rights work, but she spoke out on behalf of the rights of women, children, the LGBTQ community, uh, the poor. She was a voice for radical justice, for economic justice, for environmental justice and for nuclear disarmament. So she had like a lot of causes <laughs> that she was adding her voice to and adding her presence to um, and how she got there. Um, Cause I'm always like, what, what was the, what was the seed? What was the inspiration? What was the spark to try to do, you know, John, uh, John Lewis always called it good trouble. You know, what's the spark to good trouble. <laughs> so when Coretta was little, her father owned a lumber mill that was burned down because he refused to sell it to a white male logger. Right? Yeah, so you burn it all down. Uh, Coretta's father was very influential in their town. Uh, He was the first black man to own a vehicle in their town. Uh, Before being a businessman, he was a police officer in Alabama in their town. Uh, Coretta saw her father achieve great heights only to struggle because of the color of his skin. It was like that was the only thing that was holding him back or taking away um, what he had struggled to get in the first place. Um, Now Coretta herself was a very gifted singer. She went to Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. She studied music and was working to get her teaching certificate. Uh, She was not allowed, however, to student teach in Yellow Springs Public School. Why? Because she was a black woman. So in order to be able to be a teacher, you need this thing called a teaching certificate, and they weren't letting her because of the color of her skin. So she didn't see that as fair. (laughs) And so she joined groups like the local NAACP, the Race Relations Relations on the College Campus, and the Silver Liberties Union. Um, Her quest for justice and equality continued when she got a scholarship. She went to the New England Conservatory in Boston for music, and that's actually where she met Martin, was in Boston. Um, When Martin asked to marry her, she really saw before her two choices. One was a career in music which is where she was heading, which is what her gifts were, what her talent was, and how she saw she was going to support herself. But then the other one was the civil rights movement and going with Martin. And she chose Martin and the movement. That's what she chose. Uh, She said in her book, quote, what most did not understand was that it was not only, that I was not only married to the man that I loved, but I was also married to the movement that I loved. So very much in accepting his proposal of marriage and choosing Martin was very much going, yeah, let's just come some good trouble. You know what I mean? (laughs) Let's start a revolution. So uh, Coretta and Martin would move to Alabama. They would have four children together. Um, She very much had to balance mothering and also her work in the movement. It was very much a balance. Uh, She still was speaking at church groups. She was speaking at college groups, at peace groups. Girl was everywhere. She did also use those singing talents. (laughs) They finally came in handy. Um, She sang at freedom concerts that they had that raised money for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. So that was kind of nice. And I'm like going, oh, her singing really did help. She also later had a friendship with, um, with Stevie Wonder, and Stevie Wonder sang a nice little song called Happy Birthday to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, raised some more money. <laughs> so she knew that singing would really, really help get people excited and involved and donate as well. Um, but Coretta always kept learning. That was the one thing really for my research. I just saw her just a sponge, just always wanting to learn more and more. Um, she traveled with Martin to Guyana to actually see the firsthand transfer of power. They had recently uh, went through an all-out battle and established their independence, and so Coretta went. Coretta was also there in India learning from Gandhi's close cohorts about nonviolence. She wanted to learn herself. Um, She was there, in Oslo, when uh, Martin got the Nobel Peace Prize. She was right there. Um, She also went to Geneva to serve on the Women's Strike for Peace as a delegate to the 17th National Disarmament Conference. So that's where her nuclear disarmament um, uh, kind of... activism came into place so she was one of the delegates um i had in, never
2: heard that before
0: right exactly she did that no. yeah she was all over the place <laughs> yeah. learning things helping things eager to yeah. to use her voice yeah um Very cool well unfortunately we we kind of know that in 1968 martin luther king was shot and killed right terrifying. Um, This is how Coretta dealt with that devastating loss. This is what she said. Because his task was not finished, I felt I must rededicate myself to the completion of his work. That's how she dealt with it. She turned all of that sadness and trauma and fear into, oh no, we just got to get it done now. (laughs) And it's amazing. So she opened the King Center Um, In Atlanta, Georgia, which if you have not gone, I highly recommend when it's not COVID
1: times,
0: (laughs) when the world is normal again, to totally go. Um, The King Center is a national historic park. It includes educational programs, um, Martin's Birth Home, and a living memorial that actually um, houses both of them, Martin and Coretta. Over 1 million people in non-COVID times visit there a year. So definitely go visit. She also started the Coretta Scott King Book Award. Have you ever seen that little, it's like a little triangle that's on books, a lot of times young adult books. Um, But it's an award that she established 51 years ago. um, And it was for outstanding African American authors and illustrators for books for children and young adults that demonstrate the appreciation of African American culture and universal human values. So uh, we have a couple of books at the Gals Guide Library that have the Coretta Scott King uh, Book Award. One of them is The Hate You Give by uh, Angie Thomas. So I wanted to give that one a wonderful shout out. Because it was one of the more recent ones that got one. And I'm like, hey,
1: we have this book.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I get very excited when we have a book. But from Martin's death in 1968 to 1983, Coretta worked with many people to campaign for this federal holiday. Uh, the bill that became finally the law of the land was bought, was brought to the president by Indiana representative Katie Hall. Did you guys know that it was brought? We're Indiana people and we didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. No, we didn't know. <laughs> She's no. also the first African-American woman to represent Indiana, by the way. I
1: don't know. that,
0: we And we have remember. never heard of Katie Hall up in Indiana. <laughs> <sighs> right. So, yeah. So, I shame spiraled for a little bit. <laughs> Not knowing that. But now I know. Because when you know better, you do better, Right. <laughs> um but this is also the point where i have to remind people that president reagan was kind of a dick because i feel like i feel like every now and again it had it kind of needs to be brought up a little bit he even though he signed the law to have it be a federal holiday he did not want mlk day at all um uh He didn't want to get people to be too excited. Now, this is Walter Isaacson wrote this in a Time Magazine article and a quote, faced with the inevitable congressional passage of the bill to make MLK's birthday a national holiday, Reagan swallowed his longstanding objections that this would open the door to many other groups seeking similar holidays and decided that he would just support the measure. Now those other groups, he means, are women and minorities. So we have this holiday (laughs) because there was a lot of support for it. And he thought that, you know, well, I'm going to give them one. One. So yay, Representative Katie Hall, who we all now know about, and screw you, Reagan. Anyway, that's just my opinion. (laughs) Um, But even though the holiday was finally signed into law, it was three years before it took effect, okay? Uh, Even when it was finally, like, observed, states still resisted the holiday. I'm sure you can guess which states, Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. The southern states? Uh, Yes. (laughs) No, Indiana was cool with it. (laughs)
2: Because, you know. Really? Because I never remember getting... The day off school. Really? Or it being that we recognized. yeah. Gotcha. No, I, think, I don't remember getting it off.
1: I think sometimes it was a makeup snow day. Makeup snow yes. day, yeah. snow, we would go, but... I grew up in Michigan, like and we did have the makeup snow day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pamela, do you remember celebrating it? Um, Before I, 2000? I, in, in
1: 1983, I was in my third year of graduate school. Right, goes- we didn't get... <laughs> days off for right. that kind of thing right um, and since i grew up in the ozarks we also didn't have makeup snow days <laughs> right there you go <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, it's all, all alien <laughs>
0: That is totally fair. Uh, No, it was the South. Uh, The South really didn't like the idea of a national holiday for an African-American. And so what the Southern states did, I couldn't believe this. The Southern states decided, hey, you know what? Robert E. Lee's birthday is right around that time. We're just going to celebrate that. So the paid holiday, they went, sure, paid holiday. Post office closed, bank closed. That's cool. But we're calling it Robert E. Lee Day. Yeah. Uh. Um, So (laughs) the law was established and started to be observed in 1986, right? What year do you think it was that finally all 50 states were on board that had like, you know, an option of a paid day off and things like that? So between 86 and now.
1: 2004. 2012. 2012. You guys are so... I was Family, you gotta say guess. possibly never but um right you're like and still today
0: <laughs> no actually 2000 so fine it's better than than you all worried about yes <laughs> but not until 2000 did all 50 states observe the the holiday apparently arizona was last and only huh. because they threatened to take some nfl money away <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> we still have a ways to go (laughs) um so also in my research i asked the silly question to myself um if any other countries celebrate martin luther king jr day because yeah it's you know here an american holiday uh he was an american citizen but believe it or not canada israel japan and the netherlands actually recognize the day even though it's not a paid day off from school or work but they usually do some kind of celebration and honoring which i thought was pretty cool right (laughs) yeah so yes so uh there's a lot more i will say on coretta so she's a fascinating woman and i really don't feel like i've given her like enough credit in this little short bit um but her participation in the, the movement, the, the crap that she kind of put up with, with being in the movement, um, and also kind of being sidelined to history. Um, we'll also say MLK was not a saint. Okay. He did have some, uh, marriage vows sketchiness. <laughs> so, you know, I just want those things. Well, I'll call it as it is. Um, plus Coretta also had to do with actual violence, at their home, their you know their front porch was bombed at one point. Um, so Coretta was a force of nature. She was right there. She was definitely a rebel in her own time and in her own way. She is a different kind of rebel. And so I thought with the holiday, it was like a this. It was a convergence. <gasps> That's what it is. It was like a convergence of Saturn and <laughs> Jupiter. And it was like <laughs> the podcast gets released on MLK Day, and I'm like, but well, what about Coretta? <laughs> See, what surprised you most
2: i didn't know she was so political i mean gotcha. honestly i think i just you know this history i've been taught didn't feature her as anything but mlk's wife right
0: yeah the arm candy for lack and of a so, better word like and then the wife
1: was there <laughs> well, and yeah the protector of the legacy but
2: Bouts of course like knowing she was She was um, active and interested in civil rights before she even met him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I was actually surprised by the music piece of it. Oh, gotcha. Particularly since uh, music was such a clear part of the civil rights movement. Yeah, Yeah, you reminded me I needed to go down the little wormhole of looking up. Because I remember that little tidbit thing about like the FBI like bugging them and yeah. told her about her husband's affairs and stuff. I remember being like, I need to look back and see how she <laughs> thought about that. The, I I, that. the thought I always had on that. I know I, I
0: dug into it a little bit, like, you know, not uh, just, I will say surface level. So I could be, um, I thought what it was is the, the FBI didn't actually have a recording of uh Martin in Mm. conquest but they played similar sounds to coretta Mm. and it was in the selma movie that's why i digged uh dig down on it because in the selma movie the character that you know Coretta, says did they think i wouldn't know what my own husband sounds Mm. like but at the same time she has this look on her face like i know it wasn't you on that tape but i know it was you (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you're trying, and I already know, and it already sucks. It can't get any worse. <laughs> but she still stood by him. So yeah, she was also really good friends with Malcolm X's um, widow as well, Betty Shabazz. The two of them really found not only obvious common ground of civil rights leaders who were s- slain, but they had a lot in common. So beyond that, yes. so
1: and that was whole- powerhouse the whole nevertheless she persisted thing came from I think they were trying to confirm, was it Jeff Sessions? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody. Yeah. And Coretta had written a letter right. like 20 years ago or something, like a really long time ago, basically talking about this dude's a racist mm-hmm. <laughs> and not qualified for any job ever. And so they had already read it it had already been in the congressional record and then Mm -hmm. elizabeth warren's just trying to reread it right and told to shut up (laughs) but
0: nevertheless Mm -hmm. what was it she was warned she was she was
1: uh warned uh, given an explanation and nevertheless she persisted right Exactly. Yeah. But she was reading a, uh, a letter from Coretta Scott King.
0: That wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool rebel gal as the Gals Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.